everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neal. I hope you're all doing good. I'm currently recording this in London. So I borrowed my sister's mic. Let me know what you think if you hear a difference in terms of the audio because I'm kind of digging this mic, you know, but I don't know if it's just because it's got an attached headset. So I don't know if it just sounds better in my ears because I'm not used to hearing it back like that. I don't know. Anyway, let me know what you think because it actually turns out I looked up this mic and it's cheaper than the one I have. So if it ends up being better quality, I could invest in a new one. But if it literally sounds the same, then that's just a waste of money. So yeah, please let me know if you can hear any difference at all. Anyway, what have we been up to? I feel like this has been a pretty jam-packed week. So I came to London on Thursday and the weekend was really fun. I went to a, well, we went out for brunch to a place called Dishoom. Uh, br- I think I spoke about this before. The brunch in Dishoom is next level. If you ever get the chance to go for brunch in Dishoom, please do. You will not regret it. There's a few of them in London and there's a few other ones dotted around England they also do really good food like throughout the rest of the day as well for lunch and dinner. So, I mean, you can't really go wrong with the shim. We went there for brunch and then we went to this museum called Twist Museum, which I found on TikTok. I feel like I find all of my recommendations in terms of like museums and shit on TikTok. It's like an optical illusion kind of museum. It was <laughs> honestly, it was just us and a load of kids at it. But I feel like that's because we're in the middle of school summer and you know parents are looking for things to do with their kids so yeah it was kind of us and a lot of kids but (laughs) it was still really fun did a little bit of shopping in central although I don't actually think I bought anything it was more just kind of window shopping went out for a gorgeous dinner at this restaurant in west that's a fusion of Mexican and Japanese how can you mix the two well when I say a fusion in my head it was gonna be Mexican style sushi or Japanese style tacos do you know what I mean like some type of merging of the two but I was wrong they just have sushi and they also have tacos and they also you know have other Japanese things and they also have other Mexican things but the two are quite separate but it works we had sushi for starters and tacos for mains and it was good that's like two of my favorite cuisines so to be able to combine them is kind of stunning Spent most of Saturday on Portobello Road at the markets. Can I just say, London market food is unmatched. Where is that in Belfast? Look, we've got some good markets. I'm not trying to discredit them. Trade market, common market, St George's market, they're all fantastic. However, we're missing the diversity that London markets have. Like, we don't have any Caribbean food. We don't have any Peruvian food. I'm obsessed with the Peruvian stalls. We don't have, like, fresh dumpling stalls. I don't know. The London market food, like, every single market I've been to, I haven't been to that many. I've been to, like, Spitalfields, Portobello Road, and is it Borough Market? or the I don't know. Whatever it's called. The one in London Fields in East. Um, I've only really been to them three, I think. But all three of them... The food is insane. It'd be so good if we could have that at home, but I think we lack the diversity to have them in the first place. Like we lack the diversity amongst our population to even have it in the first place and then to keep the demand for it. Do you know what I mean? I feel like if I was smart enough, I would have looked at my diary, 
seeing the amount of things I wanted to be in London for over the next while and realised it would have been so much smarter to get a short-term lease here. I wish that thought came to my brain. That only came to me today. And I was scrolling through my diary and I was like, wait a second. I am either going to have to pick a lot of things to miss out on or I'm going to have to spend a lot of money on flights, which I'm probably not going to do, which means I'm going to have to choose the... Oh my God, I actually never know which one. Do you know when people say the former or the latter? Still to this day, like I've looked it up so many times, which one's which, or the former and latter, and I still just... Yeah, it just goes in one ear out the other. Who knows which one's which? <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be the uh, choosing not to go to a lot of things option, I would say. But I just wish I thought of that because imagine, right, I don't really, I've no urgency to move to London. I like my, I don't know, I like my little wholesome Belfast life. However, I do think like a London summer would be really fun. And I think spending like a month or two here would have gotten the London what's the word the London curiosity out of my system and I'd be ready after the month or two to come home but I didn't think of that and we're already into August and I've got shit booked for back home oh and I just wish I thought of it I'm maybe gonna do it next summer and like pre-plan it in advance and have a short-term lease for like two months on a flat or something because I just think that would be so fun like everyone talks about how fun London summer is the only thing is is the weather's not giving at the minute so maybe with a bit of luck next year the weather would be good because imagine that like a full two months of good weather in London in summer although my skin hates it here like my skin really is repulsed by London (laughs) every time I come off like the underground I can literally just feel the dirt in my pores and like my snot turns black Oh yeah, I just get so congested and you can see the congestion literally all over my skin. It's not nice. I think I'm allergic to the air and water. Oh, even the water actually, like from showering here. I come out in like little bumps. I think I just have very sensitive skin to things like that. Oh my God, I had a fucking nightmare this morning. (laughs) I, for some reason, really struggled to get to sleep last night. So weird because I was really tired and I was ready for bed. I'd you know, been winding down for like an hour before. I was very much like ready to go to bed and ready to go to sleep and wary of the fact that I had to get up early the next morning for a meeting and I didn't want to be knackered for it. And I also, I like to get up quite early. Like I like to get up with a lot of time to get ready and to potter before I have to leave the house. I do not like a stressful, rushed morning. I think it sets you up on the wrong note. I think it means... You just feel frantic the whole day. You're not in the right headspace. I like to have a solid hour, hour and a half to get a shower, to sit down, have some food, do my makeup, do my hair, pick my outfit. Like I do not want to be rushing around the house having to get ready and out the door in 20 minutes. I know a lot of people would rather stay in bed and then frantically get ready, but I am the complete opposite. I would rather have the time and just make sure that I get the time in bed the night before do you know what I mean so that's what I've done and I ended up just not being able to get seat for ages I was lying there just staring at the ceiling tossing and turning I think I was really warm I also just had a lot going on in my head I don't really know why but you know when you just I can't really switch off your brain 
I ended up sleeping in through my alarm, have no recollection of it going off, but you know one of those ones where your phone is moved from where you'd set it, so you've obviously woken up and turned the alarm off, but have no recollection of doing so, like you fully did it in your sleep. My alarm was set for half seven, I woke up at half eight and was like, oh my god, rang my manager to be like, I'm so sorry, I, my alarm just went off. I, we were meant to be meeting at half nine. I was like, to be fair, I've still got time. Like I can probably still be there for half nine, but I'm just giving you a heads up. And I managed to make it out the door for nine o'clock and get to the meeting five minutes early. It was a quick turnaround, but I was really proud of myself for being able to do it. Today, while I'm recording this, is actually my dad's birthday. It'll be past his birthday by the time you're listening to this, of course. But everyone say, happy birthday, Grim. I know you're listening because you're my number one supporter (laughs) and my top podcast listener. (laughs) Yeah, happy birthday, Dad. Love you lots. So yeah, I'm actually flying home tomorrow and we're going out for a little birthday dinner for Dad. So that'll be nice. Uh, I'll be sad to leave the cats, to be honest. They're actually my love and joy it's really making me want cats but I know that I shouldn't well I know I've got my cat tigger but it's making me like want to get my own cats like it's making me want to move out on my own and get my own cats and live my best cat lady life but also I just know I shouldn't do that because I just don't need anything holding me down like I know there's every possibility that I could decide to do a year in I don't know god knows where but I just don't want anything like that that like holds me down to a place so as much as I want cats I think I have the best of both worlds right now where both my parents have animals and my sister has animals and I get to live with them and come and look after them yet not have the commitment of a paying for them and b looking after them all the time let's do pit and peak of the week shall we what are we starting off with peak of the week (sighs) am I gonna tell you am I not This girl has a new boyfriend. I can't believe I'm saying that when literally, what was it, like six months ago, I was like, right, that's it. I'm being single for at least a year. One to two years, I said. (laughs) But to be fair, after I said that, I was like, oh no, you can't say that. Like, you never know who you're going to meet. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't even interested in dating. Like, I did not want to go. Do you know when you come out of a relationship and like the last thing you want is to start talking to random people and like join dating apps and stuff you're just like no that is just not in the forefront of my mind right now I was like when the time comes the time will come but right now is not the time and then you meet someone and all of a sudden for the first time you want to go on a date and you're like okay this is different oh yeah that's just what happened and now I got a boyfriend I feel like I'm in a proper little love bubble right now that's kind of why I've been semi slack not slacking on the podcast but you know every now and then it won't appear on a Monday morning and it'll be a Tuesday instead and I'll go MIA for a little while on my stories I feel like that's just what happens when you know you're in the start or something and you're just caught up in a little bubble but it's fine so at the start I was like really hard on myself for it and I was like god Emma you need to get your shit together and then I was like you know what just enjoy it while it lasts because reality always kicks in eventually so you may as well just like let yourself enjoy when you're in that stage you know what I mean but yeah I'm very happy I think I'm finally experiencing for the first time if he wanted to he would if that makes sense I feel like okay I've talked I've done literally a whole episode me and Aoife talked about the whole if he wanted to he would thing 
And as much as everyone says it, sometimes it's hard to actually believe it or not even believe it, but like envision yourself in a relationship where you're not making excuses for the other person for not doing like for how do I describe this? Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm getting at? Like it I know I stand by the whole if he wants to, he would, because I am receiving the him wanting to, so he does. Does that make sense? This is an advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Guys, I'm not gonna lie to you. I feel like recently my emotions have just been all over the place, like completely haywire. And I know in myself it's because I'm bottling things up, I'm letting things stress me out and I'm spiraling about them, I'm not talking about it, I'm just sitting there overthinking them, letting them stress me out even more and as a result I'm irritable, I'm getting angry at things I shouldn't really be getting angry at. I'm not able to be present and be in the moment because all I'm thinking is how stressed out I am about certain things. I know I'm not alone in this. I know this is something that so many of us face. We feel like we don't want to talk to our friends and family members about things that are stressing us out because they might seem small or insignificant in comparison to other things. Or we might just not even know how to go about initiating that conversation or opening up in that way to certain people and just getting the words out and that's why therapy can be such an amazing safe space to get things off of your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down and causing you to feel like this. I have benefited from therapy so much in the past and one of the main things I think therapy brought to my life was just an immediate safe space where I knew it was time for me to talk, it was time for me to open up and talk about my stressors. I didn't have to have this like awkward kind of chat where I was like hey I want to talk about this or like not really knowing how to go about that with a friend or a family member it just is that safe space for you to open up about these things straight away and there's no faffing around and I think dedicating that time each week and allowing that space for you to open up in that way is literally the most beneficial thing for your mental health because just getting it out there takes away half of the stress straight away and then not only that but you talk it through you rationalize it you learn you know different better ways you can cope with these stressors also how to develop healthy boundaries and healthy routines and things that are going to be preventative for these stressors in the first place therapy honestly just empowers you to be the best version of yourself and I mean who doesn't want that if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and completely suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a registered therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. With over 1,000 therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. My listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash crack. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash crack, C-R-A-I-C. And thank you so much to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Okay, let's move on from that. Oh, right. I, what is my recommendation of this week? Do you know what? Actually, I... I wouldn't really describe myself as much of a TV person. I think I'm a lot more of a social media and YouTube person. That would be my go-to. I would like go to bed, open my laptop, watch a YouTube video or listen to a podcast, scroll on TikTok. That would be more my vibe than sitting down and watching anything on TV. 
But recently, I don't know if it's because I'm staying at my sister's house and she has a really comfy sofa and a really big TV. I don't know if it's just like swayed me into being a TV person, but I've been really enjoying like finishing my work, closing my laptop, switching off and watching TV at night. I don't know. So I've been really getting into some shows and you know who I've been absolutely loving? Olivia Atwood. I've always loved her. I loved her when she was on Love Island. I have loved everything she's done since Love Island. Like she did her whole her and Chris thing. Then she did that series with where she was investigating like OnlyFans and the sex industry and all of that. I didn't actually realise that got a second season. I didn't realise until recently when I was watching Love Island and an ad for it came up and I thought, oh my God, I must watch that. I binge watched the whole thing since I've been here and then her new show has literally just come out the other day and it is called Olivia Marries Her Match. It's not a brand new show. She's got two prior seasons of it, but I didn't watch it before. But yeah, it's all about her planning her wedding and going on her hen and her husband going on his stag. And it's just really funny. I think she's a very entertaining character. I think she was destined to be on TV. And my recommendation of the week is her... I guess if you want to binge watch something, her one on the sex industry. Let me just find out what that's called. Oh, I I think it's called Getting Filthy Rich. Or maybe it's just Filthy Rich. Yeah, Getting Filthy Rich. And then the one that's brand new, an episode only got released the other day, is called... Olivia marries her match I think yeah just great tv she's just like such a personality oh my god I completely forgot to give you my pit of the week so I got too caught up in telling you about everything else my pit of the week was actually on Monday was it Monday yeah it was Monday I had a little bit of a mental breakdown and it was all rooted in imposter syndrome which is something I would like to come on and talk about in the podcast but I'm not at a place where I feel I can discuss the topic constructively. Like I'm very much in the headspace of I'm still navigating it. Therefore, I cannot come and give advice and say I'm doing this and that. And this is, you know, what I say to myself. And I, I, I just can't do that because I don't know what I do right now. I'm in the mental breakdown stage of it. Sometimes it'll really randomly pop up when I'm least expecting it. Like I'll be having a really good week. I'll be really positive about everything. I'll be really like excited for the future and gassed about what I'm doing and yeah, just proud of everything I'm doing. And then bam, imposter syndrome, mental breakdown, crying, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? Like, I don't deserve to be here, blah, blah, blah. You know, the usual shit. <laughs> um, so just hang on while I work this shit out and then I'll come back to you with a podcast on it because a few of you replied to my Instagram story asking me for a podcast on the topic and yeah, just not really at that point yet. But that was definitely my pit. Weird though, because then I literally woke up the next day and was like, Right, that was a wee bit dramatic. Relax. I have no words of the week this week. Apologies. I also feel like it's about time we get into this week's podcast topic. This week, I thought I would talk about my dating non-negotiables. I spoke about this when a good while back, I think when I was first going through my breakup and I thought, oh, maybe it was my how to get through a breakup episode. And I was, oh yes, I think it was. And I said, a really good thing to do when you come out of a breakup is on your phone notes or in your journal or wherever you want to do it to write a list of non-negotiables that you want in 
a partner that you're looking for when you're dating. The reason I included that in my uh, how to get over a breakup episode was because I said that you will actually realize when you write all these things down and you put pen to paper or thumbs to your phone the person that broke your heart or the person that you envisioned your life with or whatever it was that you are now broken up from will actually probably have missed a lot of those non-negotiables for you and what you'll realize is that you actually ended up lowering your standards for someone that ultimately didn't treat you right and wasn't the right fit and you didn't date intentionally like I think I can look back and be like yeah I obviously wasn't dating intentionally those signs were there from the start and those non-negotiables I hadn't thought of I hadn't put down on paper and then being like okay but wait this person doesn't have this and this person doesn't do that and you know that's not going to work for me in the long term writing my list of non-negotiables was actually a very healing process for me because it allowed me to be like bitch you're delusional (laughs) like this this person wasn't meeting your basic needs so in what world was that ever going to work out and to have like closure on that in your brain by writing out your list of non-negotiables it's a very healing process and I strongly advise everyone does it so yeah I wrote this list a good five six months ago and I actually forgot it was there I went to write another list, another non-negotiables list in my phone last night and I was like, wait, I swear I've done this. And I searched it in my notes and there it was, my full, big, fat, long list of non-negotiables. So let's go through them. Number one, he's got to be open-minded. I don't need to elaborate on that. Number two, has goals and aspirations. You don't need to be making big money. You don't need to own a house and have a bougie car I just it's someone with a bit of ambition you know a bit of drive number three doesn't make me feel small or silly for my job or my goals I'd be lying if I said that I haven't experienced that before right number four genuinely supports me and loves what I do in the same way my like what I do as in just in life as a whole down every avenue yeah so generally supports me and loves loves what I do in the same way that my parents do no matter what so you know that support that unconditional support that you get from your parents and their genuine want for you to just be happy in everything that you do and you can see their pride even when it's just like little things like you finding a new hobby that you love and a new passion like that that's what we want Number five, I'm going to get lost in the numbers here because I haven't numbered them in my notes. Number five, makes me feel secure. I feel like everyone wants that, yeah? We can all be in agreement on that one. (laughs) Number six, unconditional love. So you're not worried about when you're in a bad headspace, when you're depressed, when you're anxious, when you wake up hungover looking like a drowned rat that you're not going to receive the same love and treatment from them. Number, oh fuck, scrap the numbers already. My next non-negotiable is, has to be romantic. I know this isn't everyone's cup of tea, but I feel like I'm a romantic at heart. And maybe it's the watching all the romance movies and romanticizing my life a little bit. Maybe it is a little bit unrealistic. I don't care. I actually don't care. I like a romantic 
I want flowers. I want a romantic Valentine's Day date. I don't care how cheesy it is. I like romance and I'm not afraid to say it. Isn't embarrassed to be silly together and just do stupid things. Do you know what I mean? Like just not scared, not shying away from being themselves. I've been in relationships where you're actually not fully yourself. Like, do you know the way you'd be like silly in the car on your own and in your bedroom dancing? I want to be able to be my 100% true self and be in those silly moods and those hyper moods and not think I have to hide any side of myself and not get that like little niggling thing in my head like oh they think I'm a weirdo or oh god I'll never do that again like I just want to be able to be silly and not think twice about it and it be met you know like let's slow dance in the kitchen together let's sing our hearts out in the car let's I don't know guys that's yeah you get where I'm coming from next are my non-negotiables this is actually an extensive list but I love that for me because we're being picky now (laughs) cares about my well-being and supports me emotionally yeah again sounds pretty basic for this to be in my non-negotiables the bar must have been low Although, I mean, it should be on everyone's non-negotiables, but it also is kind of just like a basic human trait. I don't know. Anyway, cares about my well-being and supports me emotionally. Right, here's the thing. I do not expect anyone in my life, whether it is my family, my parents, my siblings, my best, best friends, my partner, no one. I don't expect anyone in my life to be a therapist to me and to try like to be there in a sense of fixing my problems but what I do expect from those people is that I do expect that I if I wanted to I could go to them open up to them share whatever it is like whatever problem I'm going through and be able to rely on them for some sort of emotional support and to every person in your life that'll probably look different because everyone deals with these things differently for some people you'll just get a shoulder to cry on for some people they'll be your best drinking buddy to go out with and to go chat shit about the whole situation with and for some people they'll be able to sit down and give you proper good advice I don't care which thing you are as long as there is a form of emotional support there and you don't get shut down when you go to them because that has happened to me before and it's a really horrible feeling and it makes you want to close off from them and never speak to them about anything ever again okay next up on the non-negotiables let's see can communicate without having can communicate things easily without having to be asked i don't want to have to constantly ask you what are you thinking what's going on in your head what's the problem here i can feel tension what is it like come to me and tell me these things like I have a rule in my head where if I think something I just say it it's taken me a while to get to that point but see once you start doing that you never regret the things that you say because at least you were telling the truth in that time you only ever sit and regret the things that you didn't say so what's the point in not saying those things next one is emotional intelligence I feel like that kind of ties into the last two but yeah just overall emotional intelligence is it hard to come by I feel like the thing is 
so many women or girls coach their first boyfriends into being emotionally intelligent and then they take that on to their other relationships yeah we're kind of like we take on a lot of emotional labor as women and kind of done with it and that's what I said after my last relationship I said I don't want to have to coach anyone anymore I'm fucking done with that like give me someone who is ready to actually be a boyfriend and not have to be told how to be one okay next one genuinely wants to spoil me and not because I've asked them to spoil me but because they actually want to yeah getting a present is nice but when you've picked out that present yourself it doesn't really hit the same or you know when you have to ask someone if they're gonna get you valentine's day flowers them and you get them it's not really quite the same thing but you know you had to say it because otherwise you wouldn't and then if you didn't then you'd be really upset and then it would cause an argument yeah (laughs) oh my god the bar was on the floor I yeah talking about these things is just it's bringing back a lot okay next up listens to me and makes me feel heard do you know what I mean by that like just genuinely listens to me like doesn't just speak but actually responds to what you're saying and not only that but also picks up on little things like little things that you say and whether that be picking up on things that you like and then maybe you know planning something because they know you like that or buying you something because they know you like that or cooking you something because they know you like because you mentioned that once just just picking up on little things actually listening to what comes out of your mouth instead of just always being like yeah 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 okay is genuinely interested in the things I love, whether it be my music, my hobbies, my friends. I'm not asking you to come along with me to my dance class. That's the last thing I want. I'm not asking you to come with me on all of my nights out with my friends. Again, that's the last thing I want. Just actually showing a little bit of interest in those things because you know that they make your partner happy it makes the world of a difference and it requires such little effort. It's tiny, tiny things. It's sharing playlists. It's asking how their class was the other night or asking how a friend is. Do you know what I mean? Like it's really tiny things, but it's also very noticeable when someone does pick up on those things. They don't have to like those things, but it's nice that they take an interest in them for you. Does that make sense? Like they don't have to have the same music taste as you. They don't have to have the same hobbies as you. But them just taking an interest in it, it's important. Okay, next up is has their own hobbies. There is nothing less attractive than someone who just has absolutely no hobbies to me. I'm such a hobbies person. It would really freak me out if someone else didn't have any hobbies. I don't know. To me, that's like a bit of a red flag. Next non-negotiable, must be a feminist. Is any man truly a feminist? Mm, (laughs) Let's just say, okay, the definition of a feminist, I feel like a lot of men get this 
confused. They see women with armpit hair and think that's what a feminist is and therefore they can't be a feminist, which is not true. So a feminist is someone who believes in the equality of sexes. Can we all agree that we're for that? If you're not in agreement, you should probably just turn this podcast off. Goodbye and good riddance. And then there's a lot of men that know that's what feminism is, but think that there's no need for it because they think that equality has been achieved. I'm not going to get into that conversation right now because we all know I'll go absolutely off on one. And yeah, it hasn't been achieved. And if anyone ever tries to tell you it has, there are a lot of things you can say in retaliation. I'm not going to say them right now because... As I said, this is not a feminist episode. Um, but yeah, I mean, they don't need to be like going to feminist rallies and there's levels to this, isn't there? I'm not expecting them to be a feminist literature reader and <laughs> going to rallies and all that. But like, it would be nice if I knew they were a feminist. Okay, next up. Look, this isn't essential, but being a reader... It'd be cool to be able to, like, read alongside your partner. <laughs> Does that sound really stupid? <laughs> read alongside your partner? I don't know what I'm trying to say. I just think there's something really attractive about a man who reads. It kind of shows they, like, they want to learn and they want to... I don't know, there's something nice about someone who values reading. And, like, imagine you could do little book clubs with them. That'd be really cute and talk about what books he's reading. Yeah, okay. It's not an essential. I wouldn't say it's a non-negotiable, but it's it's a green flag. We'll say that. It's a green flag. Next, non-negotiable. Wants to do fun things together and not just lie in bed and watch movies. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with lying in bed and watching movies. In fact... I absolutely love lying in bed together and watching movies. I think I'm not much of a, well, I as I was saying earlier, like up until recently, I've been getting into TV recently, but I'm not much of a TV and movie person until I'm in a relationship and that becomes a thing to do. And I, there is something really nice about it to be able to just have that time, like switching off and chilling together. But that's not to say I want to only do that. I think it's really important to have, you know, fun, active dates and try nice restaurants, go for walks and go to new places that you haven't been to and book little trips together and travel. You know, I feel like that whole fun aspect can't be lost in a relationship. You can have both. You can lie in bed and watch movies and you can do the fun things together. Next non-negotiable wants to travel with me and prioritizes budgeting for that and that's not in a sense of I want someone to be willing to just drop everything for me (laughs) and go traveling for six months not at all but you know those people that just that's not a priority of theirs like it'll come to summer and they've spent all their money on weed and on going out throughout the year and on this and that and now they don't have enough money to go away with their girlfriend that would wind me up I think I don't want you to have to splash out on like five grand on a trip to Ibiza with me or anything I'm talking like a long weekend in summer in Spain you know or I guess what falls under this as well is like 
not prioritizing budgeting for dates and stuff as well like again those people that spend all their money on nights out and all their money on smoking weed and everything and like always seem to have money for those things so they do have money but then when it comes to oh no I don't have money to go to a restaurant on a date can we just sit in tonight and watch a movie no sorry that is absolutely not gonna cut it (laughs) Like, you have money, you're just not prioritizing me or us dating. And that is a massive red flag, I think. Well, sorry, it's not, it just shows where their priorities lie. And the priorities don't lie with you, clearly. Okay, what's next? (laughs) Shows me love in all love languages. I did the love language quiz on an episode before. And I'm pretty sure it came out as like an equal split. It was an equal split of four of them. And then it was very low on the gift giving one. But I mean, who doesn't like a gift? Just because it's not one of my main love languages doesn't mean I don't appreciate a gift, you know? So ultimately, I love all love languages. And yeah, it was an equal split between them all. It wouldn't have taken the quiz for me to be able to tell you that. I know that. As a result of that, (laughs) I want to receive love in all love languages that might sound like a big ask for some especially for people that don't show love in like a good maybe they have like one main one and as a result they don't really show them in the other ways that might sound like a big ask but for me that's I feel like I'm a very like show I show my love in all languages so why can't you (laughs) okay this kind of falls into the last category this is like a love language thing because I really appreciate words of affirmation and I'm very lucky where I come from a family where we all really appreciate words of affirmation like we're all those kinds of people that will write big long birthday cards and I'm trying to think of what else where what else this applies to we obviously don't write each other love letters yeah anyway I just feel like my family as a whole we're quite words of affirmation people Um, So for this one, I wrote values, writing me letters, leaving me notes, slash leaving me notes, slash little good morning, good night, I love you texts. I don't know. There's something about someone who values words like that that really gets me. Like, I don't want to have to, oh my God, I don't, first of all, I don't want to have to ask you to buy me. Guys, (laughs) I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. I once had to ask my boyfriend to buy me a Valentine's Day card and they asked me was I serious they actually turned around and asked me are you serious do you really want one and I was like um yes (laughs) yes I want a Valentine's Day card and they were like yeah but I'm with you like you don't need a card from me I'm with you and I was like I don't care if you're with me so it was 90% of couples on this day you think everyone else just isn't getting a card how embarrassing is that and then I got the card and it literally you know one of those cards you know what it's gonna be before I even say it when it says to Emma from or love from the person like couldn't have been less personal first of all I don't want to have to ask you to buy me a fucking card and second of all if you give me a card with absolutely no message in it from you fuck you honestly fuck you (laughs) like what do you think this is all right next one 
doesn't play devil's advocate. These kind of people just really grind my gears. And I'm also someone that really rises to people playing devil's advocate and I don't want to have to rise to my partner like that. Save us the arguments. Save us the stress. Don't play devil's advocate. You're just being a wanker. Okay, next one. Recognises his privileges as a male. There's just so many men that actually don't, genuinely don't believe that privileges are a thing. I don't know what else to say. If you can't see as a male the privileges that you have, I don't know what's going to make you be able to see it in this world, in this patriarchy. Okay, next up. He's got to be self-aware. I have nothing to elaborate on that. Uh, Okay, compliments me even when I am sick and deathly looking. (laughs) This kind of falls under the unconditional love thing, but even when I know I look horrendous, even when I, I look in the mirror and scare myself, I still want you to tell me I'm gorgeous. Okay, next up on the non-negotiables, excitement. I get that comfort is also an important part of a relationship. Like comfortability, comfortability, is that a word? I don't know. Comfort's an important part of a relationship and that's probably on the other end of the spectrum to excitement. Like excitement and comfort are two opposite things, but I think they're two things that are equally as important in a relationship. Like if you've got one without the other, like if you've got excitement without the comfort, you're never going to have that stability. But if you've got comfort without the excitement, you're just going to get bored. Like you can get comfort in a lot of things. And you can get stability in, you know, your own routines and your own life. You don't need someone to bring you that comfort. I think it is still important to have it in a relationship. But I think for a relationship to be successful, you need both of those things in conjunction. Next up, they must make me laugh. You don't need to be a comedian. I'm actually very easy to make laugh. I make everyone feel like they're funny. And that's not intentional. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I just laugh at everything. So... This is a pretty easy non-negotiable to pass. They must plan dates. I don't want it to be down to me every time we go on a date to have to plan it. It works both ways. Bit of push and pull, you know? You plan one, I plan one. I feel like that's a pretty good uh, agreement. No? Surprises me. To what capacity? I don't mind. In fact, I probably don't like big, huge surprises. Nice little surprises are cute. I'm struggling to think of any examples, but it just really shows you that they're thinking about you. Let's say they walk into a shop, to the corner shop to get, they're literally just getting some milk and then they're like, I'll get them their favorite chocolate bar. Little tiny surprises like that. I just think it's cute. Okay, guys, last but not least of my list of non-negotiables, I've written can rely on. And then I've elaborated on that in my notes. To look after me when I'm sick. To cook for me when I'm too busy. To clean when I'm away. To plan holidays or book things. Like when I say can rely on, I mean in every sense. I mean I wouldn't be worried to let you book the accommodation for our holiday. I wouldn't be worried to let you make the packed lunch for our hike the next day. I wouldn't be worried to let you take charge on our itinerary for the weekend. Let's say if we had kids, I wouldn't be worried to let you 
pack their school bags for them or pack their suitcases for them when we're going on holiday or to be able to make dinner for them. Like I'm talking very hypothetically here. It's really important to notice this trait because men will show you if you can rely on them in the future or not from very early on. Like all these women being like, no, I can't trust him to make dinner for the kids or I can't trust him to pack their bags. Like when I'm on work conference, you know, I've got to be the one to pack the suitcases for when we go on holiday. They have shown you from day dot that they weren't capable of being relied on for these things. You do not want to get to that point in your life where everything falls on you or you have a house and family to run and everything falls on you because you can't rely on the other person like that is my worst nightmare so picking up on little things from the start like whether you can trust them to make you dinner whether you can trust them to book the accommodation like it sounds so small but it's actually very telling like do you seriously believe that a man who's incapable of cooking you dinner one night you know, anything other than an oven pizza or chicken nuggets and chips. If he's incapable of doing that now, how is he going to cope when you go away for a week with the girls and he's got three kids to do that for? Look, I don't even know if I want kids. I'm sitting here talking about this very hypothetically, but I'm trying to show you like how these warning signs are there from the start. You know, what if you have to go and work conference for two weeks? How is he going to cope then? Are you going to have to pay for a nanny because your husband can't do the basic task of looking after your kids not that looking after kids is an easy task I'm not saying that at all in fact it sounds very difficult but yeah you know what I'm saying if your husband can't be a parent to your kids it's it's going to cause a lot of problems (laughs) to put it lightly all right there we have it my extensive list of non-negotiables if you made it this far congratulations you know what I do actually think it's really important for everyone to write a list like this I think it gives you a lot of clarity as to what you're looking for in someone and I think it as I said at the start of the podcast it means you're not gonna just kind of date willy-nilly and you'll be a lot more intentional about who you're willing to give your time to because you will just have that list and you can pull it out every now and then to remind yourself jog that memory in case you ever get swept in by someone that you shouldn't uh yeah we'll leave it there guys thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed this week's episode don't forget to give me a little five-star review on spotify or apple podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts you can also leave little comments in spotify now if you swipe down it'll say what did you think of this episode you can leave comments on every episode which is cute if you enjoyed this and you want to share it that helps me out so much I love seeing your guys stories on Instagram tagging me listening to the podcast seeing where you're listening to it on your hot girl walks some of you listening to it by the beach in Australia I'm so jealous (laughs) but yeah as always thank you all so much for your continued love and support your messages mean the absolute world to me you guys never fail to remind me literally every week of why I do this so thank you so much I love you I will speak to you in next week's episode bye